It's Devin Nunes. I'm back again. Over the weekend, I was interviewed by John Batchelor. He loves to do these interviews, and I like to do them too. Hope you enjoy. This is the Friends of History Debating Society welcoming Congressman Devin Nunes, podcaster Devin Nunes, author Devin Nunes, author of Countdown to Socialism, and Californian Devin Nunes. We first go to visit with the Californian because it is important to witness California reacting to the results from the election just passed in Virginia and New Jersey, especially New Jersey. New Jersey was 16 points for Joe Biden. It is a solid blue, blue Democratic state from all levels, the governor's office down to the assembly in Trenton, down to school boards throughout the, throughout the uh, city municipalities are Democratic, solidly Democratic. And yet Phil Murphy eked out a victory in the last counting over his unknown Republican rival who enjoyed no national attention from either the media nor the National Republican Party. And yet, so I come to you, Californian Devin Nunes, to ask, Sacramento can read election results just as the rest of us. And what New Jersey demonstrates is that solid blue might not be enough if you're turning away from the American people. Do you measure that Sacramento, that the governor's office, that the congressional delegations are reacting and responding to the results from New Jersey. Good evening to you. Always a pleasure, John. First thing you have to analyze, I think New Jersey is is a key state, but I also want to mention South Texas along the border. I think it's something also interesting to watch from elections that happened in the last couple months. So the California came off a high. The Democrats, Newsom came off a high. He's He's already running around California telling people he's running for president. So that's, you know, something the fake news is not reporting. So they came off a high. It was a little bit of a different issue because it was a recall um, against somebody that they successfully uh, claim was tied to Trump uh, and was anti-vax, uh, talking about Larry Elder, the, who they called, the left called the, even though he's an African-American from Los Angeles, born in Los Angeles, they called him the black face of white supremacy. So they were riding high, very happy. Newsom's been running around, talking to all the donors, getting ready to run for uh, president of the United States. So he's already walking on, on Biden's grave. Well, New Jersey is definitely a wake-up call. Um, real election, uh, issues on the ballot, candidates across the board, and New Jersey uh, really performed well for, for Republicans, I think shockingly so. But the difference between – there are parts of New Jersey that are very similar. And I guess you could see it, say that perhaps Riverside, San Bernardino County, uh, which are kind of the exurbs of Los Angeles, they did uh, well in, in the recall. Uh, but there's a little difference there. There's also a lot of Mexican-Americans, Mexican-origin Americans that live in California. And that's what takes me to Texas. So last election, uh, we elected a Hispanic Republican on the border, uh, Mexican-American origin. Uh, but we also had another seat along in the Rio Grande that came within uh, just a point and a half, two points for someone that with the Republican Party just ran out of money. The lady didn't have any money, but she, she nearly beat a Democrat in the 2020 election. So we've now seen some successful people run for mayor, city council, 
that are running in heavy Democrat, but also heavy Mexican American voting blocks. And they overwhelmingly have elected Republicans, not only in 2020, but also throughout 2021. So the combination of those two issues, I think, should have the Democrats worried if they're not, you know, they're a little bit drunk and high and running running fast, running for president, like I said about Newsom, so they're probably ignoring it. Uh, but if the Mexican-American vote goes the way in California that it's now going in Texas, uh, you could see some some dramatic changes within the demographics and the, the political demographics of California. So that's, that's how I kind of analyze it right now. Obviously, a lot of it's going to depend on candidate recruitment, uh, but I would expect us to do well where there's – uh, heavy uh, Mexican-American voters in California if this trend continues. Because these are people that are out there doing real things, right? They're driving to work, paying $5 for gas. They see their neighbors not working. You know, Mexican-Americans are known for hard work, right? They're, a lot of their family, if they were born here, their family were probably immigrants. You know, if you're first or second or third generation, uh, you're out there driving truck, you're out there, uh, working in agriculture, and you see uh, the left wing really attacking uh, their their way of life because uh, they're driving jobs out and then raising uh, prices across the board uh, for everyone. So I think that's everyone and every product. So these are the things that uh, I think we'll, uh, we'll be watching closely. But if the Mexican-American vote turns in California like in Texas – uh, could be a good night for Republicans this fall. My memory is that in Virginia, a major issue, if not the major issue, was the economy. This connects to something I learned from our colleague Selena Zito reporting for the Washington Examiner, that in Erie County, the poorest zip code in Pennsylvania, there was a Democrat candidate, president of the school board, who advanced social justice issues for his campaign. There was a Republican, an unknown, a former Marine veteran, a Marine vet, a Navy veteran, who advanced 14 issues about prosperity, about bringing jobs to Erie. And Selena assured me that it was numbingly boring, his 14 points. In a county that is 59% registered Democrat, 36% Republican, the Republican won because he was emphasizing boringly prosperity. In Virginia, one-third, my memory is one-third of the concern was the economy. That connects with what you just told me about Mexican-American vote in California and possibly in Texas as well. It's not social justice. It's not the progressive agenda in Build Back Better. It's jobs and inflation. Does that all connect, Devin? It does, and and it doesn't look like they're doing anything to turn this around. The Democrats are doing exactly the opposite. They're, they're continuing to try to, uh, pass the, what Biden calls build back better. Most of us called build back and go bankrupt. Uh, he was just a week ago at the climate worshiping the global warming gods at the climate cult conference in Scotland. Now you've got a bunch of the Democrats are, are over there at the same conference doing the same thing. So these policies don't look like a way to turn it around, right? If, if, it, if it were me and I was in their shoes, I would say, whoa, 
Keystone Pipeline got to be back on the table. We got to get this oil flowing. We got to get gas flowing. We got to reduce the cost of gasoline. Uh, not trying to pass legislation that's going to continue to push towards going to tax gas and oil here in the United States. And at the same time, it's going to push people to do more and more renewables. These are, these are losers. Uh, the states that have went to renewables are losing badly. Like we've talked about several times on this, on our podcast here, John, uh, that, uh, they love to, uh, you know, brag about how great California is, but California, we're paying uh, arguably the highest price for gasoline in the domestic uh, continental United States and definitely at the top tier for electricity. So none of this is working and, uh, you know, continue to see major companies move out. Uh, this is just not a, a long-term winning strategy uh, for the Democrats, and I don't see how they're going to change it in the course of the next uh, a year. So, you know, if they can get gas back down to, you know, average of two two fifty like it was, uh, they might stand a chance if they can drop the inflation numbers, if they could fix the uh, supply chain issues, get the ships dropping off things at the port, uh, getting them turned around in a normal amount of time. But they're just not doing uh, policies or fixing policies that would – they would change the trajectory here. So, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes right now, but look, we're a year away from the election. The results from Virginia. Were you surprised, Evan? Were your colleagues surprised by a state that had gone 10 points for Joe Biden one year ago? And our governor, the candidate for the Democratic governorship had been governor as recently as 2018. He loses to an unknown in the party. Was that a surprise to you? Uh, definitely. I mean, it looked like that, that we had a real shot in Virginia. Um, Virginia has, has really changed over the course of the last uh, several decades because Northern Virginia, uh, kind of funny, but a lot of leftists have moved, have fled Washington, D.C. and Maryland to Northern Virginia. What for? Lower tax, better jobs. You can live better, more affordability. Well, in the last few decades, they've managed to try to turn Virginia into Maryland. And so I think what you have is you have kind of northern Virginia, extreme left wing versus the rest of Virginia. And one of the factors there was, at least, you know, from from folks that I talked to, is the African-American vote in Virginia did not turn out. Uh, and also, I think Youngkin did fairly well with the African-American vote. So you take that coupled with traditional old school Virginians that have been there forever versus the leftists who have moved into northern Virginia. Uh, they just happened to get uh, – they just couldn't get out their typical vote. Uh, and Yunkin won, uh, you know, pretty handily, uh, even with the late votes. But, you know, he was up by a lot early, and, of course, they closed the gap. And I guess as the as the joke goes, they – it was the, uh, the, the ship sitting off of Long Beach that had the ballots in and that they just weren't able to get them in time uh, by Election Day. Podcaster Devin Nunes and – author Devin Nunes of Countdown to Socialism, and Californian Devin Nunes, Californian commenting on how California interpreting the results from New Jersey, Deep Blue, and Virginia, formerly Blue Blue. We're going to turn now to Congressman Devin Nunes when he was chair of the Intelligence Committee. That was twenty the critical years of 2017 and 2018 following the 2016 victory of the Republican Party. And... What he measures of the of the Durham 
investigation now indicting the second of the players from Russiagate, a man by the name of Igor Danchenko. This is the Friends of History Debating Society. I'm John Batchelor.